You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. In verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5, And so I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. And they are in conflict with each other so that you do not know what, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. For those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know, throughout January, we've been getting this fresh start, talking about getting a fresh start to the new year. And we began with the spiritual house cleaning, getting rid of the wrong and, and getting right with God and, and not just trying not to be bad people, but good and to do good, to be good. But even then, recognizing we need to do more than just be good Christians. God is looking for more than just good Christians that are okay. He's looking for those who would be devoted disciples that would deny themselves, take up their cross and follow him. And so we talked of surrendering and making a commitment that is all out and all in. And many in your hearts did that. All out, all in. That's what he's asking. That's what we want. That's what we're made for. But are we getting there? Are we able to keep being who Christ is calling us to be? Not just our house clean, but surrendered in an all-out, all-in kind of commitment that is devoted, kind of disciple that denies herself and takes up her cross. How are we doing with that? We may start out totally motivated and, and, and it may be some of the messages and it's not just the message but God stirred within you through His Word and you're feeling great and you're moving on up with God and then things started happening even in January here, struggling, slipping back, slipping back into a, a, a roller coaster kind of Christian life that so many live. Up and down, highs and lows. And I really on fire for God. Yes, that fire thing. And man, I feel like a wet blanket. Up and down, up and down. This roller coaster of life, spiritual highs and lows, discouraged. And while you may not just quit altogether, you feel like just quit trying so hard because you know what? This is just the way it is, up and down, up and down. It, it's just the normal way. It's just the way I got I, I, I to gotta live. And I got to not think that way. I do need to try harder. That's, that's the problem. Is that I, I make that decision, those commitments, 
and then I just don't follow through with them. I, I just need to try harder. Even if it's just to survive. But Jesus didn't save us to survive. Rather to thrive. To live fully alive. With Him in an abundant life. So what's going on? Ah, these lamps were created to bring light. You know, for example. Oh. Uh, hang on, hang on. No, no, that's okay. I, I, I got it. I got it. Uh, okay, well, uh, you know what? Oh, come on, lamp. You can do it. You can do it. Just, just, you know what? Just try harder. Uh, okay. Um, I really thought a little bit of encouragement and challenging, maybe a pep talk to the light would make it, you know, turn on. It's just like us Christians, right? If we just keep trying harder and harder to be better Christians, we'll finally shine bright for God. Come on, try harder. You can do it. Maybe, maybe you don't need to do it all the time, just certain times. We need to buckle down and... Some good old-fashioned Christian grit your teeth and get serious to live the godly life like you're supposed to. What do you think? No. Uh, okay, that didn't work. So what do we need to do with the lights to get them to work? You know what? It's, it seems pretty obvious. They just need a little more teaching on what it means to be a light. They just need a little better teaching and a little more on what it needs to be a better light. You know, maybe the problem is the shade is just too dirty. It needs to be cleaned up more. I mean, it is kind of clean, but maybe the shade, if we could just kind of clean it up a little more, the light would be better. Isn't that how we think as Christians? Many times we're told... We're supposed to do. In fact, you even hear other Christians saying that to somebody who's struggling in their walk. The other Christian comes up, trying to help, says in a super spiritual kind of way. You know what? I know that's that that's really rough, but you know what? You just need to read your Bible more. Maybe study it, get get a little more into it and you just need to pray more. And you just need to, to serve God more. And, and, and then you'll be able to light. The common denominator in all those things is what you need to do. It's about human effort to somehow live a victorious Christian life that is successful. We want to please God. We want to show Him that we love Him. We want to do all that we can to live not just a good but a better Christian life. Not just a better, the best. We want to live even that fully devoted disciple that we talked about. We want that. And yet, as hard as we try, we never seem to light it up. Uh, uh, well, 
ah, this might have something to do with it. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, let's just see. And you know what? We got all these lamps. I mean, my wife probably thought, why are you bringing so many lamps? She ought to be used to it by now, right? This up here is kind of a picture of many churches. That's why there's more than one. A bunch of lamps that are supposed to be the light, but it's just all dark. This is all we get. Why? Because we are unplugged. Here's the key. Kind of what I've been saying. Everything has been leading up to this. Is that you could have heard everything, all the messages and gotten into everything and followed and want to live that totally fully devoted disciple life for Jesus. But everything that was said up to this point is worthless, even dangerous, if we don't get this. Because all we will do is try and try and try harder. And what we need to do is recognize that we need to trust, not try, to trust God and His power to do it in us. No matter how much teaching, no matter how much we're going to do with this lamp, it wasn't going to light until it got plugged into the power. No matter what we do, no matter how much we want it, no matter how much we're learning, unless we are plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit, we will fall and fail and do that roller coaster life. You know, the exciting, abundant, victorious life that God wants for us is not an impossibility. There are so many people that just think, I know that's what we should and I really want it, but just think about it. That's what God asks of us. All those things that we've been talking about, that's what God asks of us. But wouldn't it be a cruel God that would somehow raise the bar to what no human could ever jump over. Without also raising our power to be able to make that jump. Which is exactly what he did. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 27 says, and not just in many places, he says, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You hear the secrets of success is not about us. He's saying, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and keep careful to keep my laws, to do these things. The secret is not about us, but it is in us. And that is the Holy Spirit. We need to stop trying so hard and start trusting God to do the work in and through us. We need to come to a crisis point in our life where we recognize, I can't, I can't be a Christian any more than I could become a Christian 
We know that it is nothing good in us. There is no way that we can get to heaven on anything that we do. It is impossible. But for some reason, we think everything else is possible. We know that it is by grace that we're saved from our past. But for some reason, we live in our present in works only. And we are missing the grace of God. More than that, we are missing the presence and the power of God through the Holy Spirit. What does it look like that we can get to that point where we can plug into the power to live the life that not only God wants, but we want? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, that last verse says, since, or not quite the last verse, but the last verse I read, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. There are really two points there, and those are the two points just kind of focus on this morning. To live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. And so the first point is, what does a plugged-in Christian life look like? A plugged-in Christian life walks in the fullness of the Spirit's power. A plugged-in Christian life walks in the fullness of the Spirit's power. Look at verse 16 in our passage in Galatians chapter 5. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. I want to make sure you catch that. Live by the Spirit and then you will not live, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And I really struggle with this and I struggle with that and I can't do this and I can't do this. Live by the Spirit and you will not, not gratify the desires of the flesh. But are we really living by the Spirit? Are we walking in the fullness of the Spirit's power? The way not to give in to sin is to walk into the, in the Spirit. The verse says it's possible. We may not realize the reality of what we're saying. I, I mean, we've heard sometimes that the flesh is weak, right? And the Spirit is willing. But the Spirit is more than willing. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is more than willing. He is powerful, all-powerful stronger than any flesh battle that we have going on if we've really surrendered to Him and walk in the fullness of His power. Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It doesn't mean to be led by the Spirit, to keep in step the Spirit's leading. To be led by the Spirit, to live in the Spirit, is not just to have our conscience speaking to us. Not just to to feel guilty in our conscience. It's about a conviction that comes from the Spirit of God, not from us. John chapter 16, verse 8. This is not just remembering the Word of God you've been studying. This is about hearing the Word of God. The Holy Spirit that lives within us is speaking, guiding, directing, and moving us. Do Do we understand that He wants to guide, direct, move? If we're living in, then we're living in the fullness of what He's trying to do in us. And He's there. Isaiah 30, verse 21. You turn to the right, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, 
you will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. To live by the Holy Spirit's power is to listen to that voice. To hear it, to recognize that He is there, that it is there. If we would just live by the Spirit. So many times we'll fall short. And we recognize that. And so we feel guilty. We feel shame sometimes. And we just really can get down on ourselves. So, you know, even at times like this, we're coming for communion. Like, oh, Lord, uh, I need, before I take communion, a man needs to examine himself. The Bible's clear. We've got to make sure that what we're, that we're not going to take this unworthily. We know to make sure there's no sin in my life. I've got to make sure. And so we just like some just beat ourselves up. Go up and down about this, 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 and that. And something that you already asked God for forgiveness for a couple of days ago, nothing's changed in a couple of days. Not like you're, you're, you're going back to that, but, oh, man, maybe I didn't really ask forgiveness in the right way. I mean, I didn't really fully. Maybe I didn't. And we just start going on and on and on in the flesh, in our humanness, trying to do the spiritual thing. Whereas Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, asks the Holy Spirit to convict us when we cross the line. Show me. Show me. How many of you are familiar with that? We should just turn there, you know, and hear that. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious sauce. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. But that's not what we do. It's I search me. God, maybe I ask God to help me to search myself, to figure out what's wrong, what needs to be corrected, what's right. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And usually it's us, okay, you've already kind of, I know the word and so I know which way I go, so I'm just going to follow that. That's your leading. No, no. To live in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit is to, in this moment, have Him lead you and have Him speak to you in a way that brings life even in the things that need to change. We have lost the role of the Holy Spirit in our sanctification. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling of His blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Do you hear in there it's talking about the foreknowledge of God the Father. It's talking about the Son, Jesus Christ. And it talks about the Spirit. And in 1 Peter 1, 2, it talks about the Spirit in the sanctification of the Spirit. Sanctification is a big word for holiness. And being holy is what God tells us to be. In other words, to be like Him. Uh, to not go towards sin, but to go towards that which is light, so to speak, is life in Him. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith and truth. 
The Holy Spirit is often neglected in this whole process. We think it's just Jesus saves us. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts us and we get saved. But from then on, it's our responsibility. That doesn't mean we don't have a responsibility, but we can't do it any more than whatever I could do to make those lights light up. It took the power outside of that light to bring what needed, to bring it to be what it was supposed to be as a lamp. It takes a power outside of us to do this. The Holy Spirit is not a bonus, is not an add-on that we occasionally turn to. He is absolutely, constantly, indispensably necessary, not just for our society, for our survival, but for our successfully devoted disciple kind of life. We have power over sin, or sin no longer has power over us. There's no reason that a devoted disciple should ever feel powerless with some sin or some temptation. Now, I know we do, but what I'm saying is when we are living within the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit, that there is no reason we should feel powerless. Because it's not about us, it's about what we're plugged into which is stronger than that sin. In fact, sin, not only no longer because of what Jesus did on the cross, sin no longer has a penalty that we have to pay for it because Jesus paid the penalty on the cross. But, but what he did on that cross, what these emblems symbolize here, also broke the power of sin in our lives. It is, so we have been plugged in, or if we allow ourselves, if we recognize that's what we need to do, we plug into the power at the same time recognizing what Jesus did was unplug the power of sin. He unplugged it. Now, does that mean we still run in our ruts? Yeah. But it doesn't have the power unless we give it power. And we have a power that is beyond that. Romans 6 talks about this. This is not picking up some extra power boost or some nitrous oxide, you know. You know, I'm going to really just kind of give it, you know. No. I know there are those who come and, you know, even on a Sunday morning, I'm just coming to just kind of get charged up for the week. And some, I can't even make it a whole week. I've got to have something in between and all that. And, you know, i just got to get my batteries recharged. And just want to share with you, Christians do not run on battery power. Okay? Christians do not run on battery power. It's AC all the way. All Christ. Okay? It's AC all the way. It's plugged in. And you're either plugged in or you're not. It's about being plugged in. And I recognize that sometimes we feel like we're drained, but that's because the power has been unplugged. What we should be is constantly on. There is some responsibility we have in this. We don't just sit back and let it happen. We need to make sure that we are plugged in. And I want you to think about to be plugged, to plug in, to P, put L, life, U, under G, God. Put your life under God. Plug in. We can't really say that we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit if we're not fully willing to follow the Holy Spirit, to live, to walk with the Holy Spirit as we've been talking about here. We cannot do this Christian life unplugged. Now, please understand, living plugged in doesn't mean we still don't live all out. Paul talked about living all out and uh, spending himself in 1 Corinthians 15 
And yet at the same time, he talked about this only happens because of the power of the Holy Spirit in me. So there's that part of him, but it only really happens because of what the Holy Spirit does. We need to recognize the difference between walking in our own strength and wisdom and what it means to walk in the fullness of the Spirit's power. Even with those things that are distinctively Christian and a part of our relationship with God. Let's just take the Bible, for example. Are we walking in the Spirit as we open up the Word of God and allow Him to speak to us about what is there? Now, we would like to say yes, but how exactly are you doing that? But just, well, it just happens. It's supposed to happen, is it? I, I believe there are way too many times that we open our Bibles in the flesh. And when I'm saying in the flesh, I'm not talking about sinful carnality. I'm talking in our humanness. We open up our Bibles. I know some people don't even understand that's even a possibility, but this is a spiritual thing. The Bible, I'm reading or I'm studying, I'm really getting into it. And then that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But a lot of times it's not a God thing. Because we walk away from it no different than we were when we came to it. I'm not talking about those who think that they're growing in Christ just because their heads have gotten bigger with the information that they have just gained and their heart remains exactly the same small size because there is no transformation. We need to slip out of that religious way of thinking. To walk in the Spirit. To not try to accomplish or or do this in our own power, our own mental abilities. When we open our Bibles, or if we just know the Word and got it memorized as we should... When we open our Bibles, it should be a supernatural event. Meeting with a supernatural God. Not just one who's up in heaven, but the God who dwells within us. By all means, we should use our head, we should think. But ultimately, the things within the Bible are spiritually discerned and happen through the Spirit of God. But instead, so many times, it is our natural self, it is our humanness that's trying to figure it all out as good Christians, being responsible in the Word. But sometimes we're really no different than the unsaved religion professor I had at a secular college who knew a whole lot more about the Bible than I did, even knew more of what we call the deeper things that are really not deeper things, but even more about the deeper things than I ever began to understand as a very young Christian in college. It's not about that. It's about something that is supernatural. It is about something that is spiritual. There's a difference between flesh and spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 14 says this. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities. With spirit-taught words, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. 
Uh, let me just quickly say, uh, this in no way is excuses anybody who has these abuses as saying that the Spirit of God spoke to me about something that is in direct contradiction to what the Spirit has already spoken about in His Word. And please understand, it is the Spirit who has spoken in His Word. He is God, but not just because He's God, but because we know as it talks about the writing of, uh, of the, the coming together of this Word that we have. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's how it got here. And that's how it gets here. How many times do we open up the Word of God and try to see what we can get out of it and yet we're not really allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us about it? Here is the truth in this. Spirit gives birth to spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Even if it's involved in spiritual activities. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. This application also has to do with anyone who would say, and by the way, I'm amazed at how many of you are here today considering the weather. I know it's got worse and worse. Praise the Lord for you. Um, it, it's amazing. Um, but anyone who say, and it's throughout the history of churches, I just didn't get anything out of what the preacher said today. I didn't get anything out of the message. You know what that... There's a lot of ways to answer that, but one of the better ways to answer that, then you weren't listening. If you didn't get anything out of the message, then you weren't listening. Now, that may sound a little arrogant, but I want you to follow what I've been talking about here. What have I been saying? Right? What have I been talking about? As long as you're at a place where the Word of God is actually used. I recognize there are some churches where... It's not cracked and nobody refers to anything in the scriptures. You've got the gospel according to Oprah and stuff like that. But, you know, what we're talking about here, if you didn't get anything on message and you weren't listening, you weren't listening to the Holy Spirit in the supernatural thing that He wants to do from the supernatural book that is spiritual that can only happen spiritual. I can... Try to put things out here, but it must be. And I've even prayed many a time. You have been here. No. Say, Lord, you can speak beyond anything I can say. And I know that he can. In fact, I know in the Bible that God was able to have a donkey speak to Balaam. And if he can do that, I think he can use me. You know, I think it's possible. We just got to be listening, listening to the Holy Spirit and the word is there and the spirit is there. Are we listening or are we just listening to man or are we even listening? You know, sometimes even when it comes to uh, like a, a sermon time or whatever, is there some people that, you know, have been engaged in the worship and all of a sudden, okay, now we just unplug. I'm just going to sit back and just kind of let it happen to me, man. You've unplugged. Not just unplugged with, from where you were at worship, completely different, but you have unplugged from the power of the Holy Spirit and you're expecting some man to somehow communicate spiritual truths when you need to be listening and living and walking in the Holy Spirit of God. 
What about prayer? Plugging into prayer. To walk in the Spirit's power in our prayer life. Are we doing that? And we recognize that we can trust the Holy Spirit to help us pray as we ought. I mean, Romans 8.26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The Spirit Himself intercedes for us. Do we even know that? Do we experience that? Do we know what that means and what that looks like? To live in the Spirit's power, the fullness of the Spirit's power in our prayer life. To have the Holy Spirit prompt you to pray for someone, to to, to lead us into prayer uh, because we are walking with Him. In the middle of the day, we've got this this picture of a person, this name, or just you start thinking about somebody that wasn't somebody you think about every day, but you're thinking about them. Why is that? What's going on? Are we aware enough to be walking in the Spirit to say, is this God, the Holy Spirit, trying to help me in pray to pray for them? Now, of course, if you have a problem with them and you haven't uh, made resolution or sought forgiveness and all that, maybe God's speaking to you about that. And it may not just be in the middle of the day. It can be in the middle of the night. You wake up and just, man, somebody's just on. In fact, so strong sometimes you just call somebody up. Say, hey. It's a little weird to say, hey, I was just sitting here and I was thinking... I mean, you could think of all kinds of things. It just, how you doing? How's it going? And, and sometimes people have said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's fine. It's okay. And I would like to just say, okay, great. You know, praying for you. But, you know, sometimes it's like God, the, the Spirit just prompts you to say, okay, come on. Apparently, you got to give him a little nudge or her, whoever it might be. Listen. The reason I called was I just feel like I was thinking about you. You came up and lived, I believe it may be God that's speaking and just wanted to see if there was something. And then all of a sudden the floodgates come out. Here's what happened. I don't know how you knew to call right now because nobody else knows. I don't know. It was just the Spirit of God. To have those happen, please don't think that somehow I'm bragging because first of all, It was the Spirit of God who did it. And second of all, I probably missed more than I've gotten. Right? But how are we doing that? As it deals with our prayer life, are we walking in the Spirit's fullness of the power as it deals with serving God? You hear Christians that are burned out, that are are running on empty. And because they burned the wick instead of the oil of the Holy Spirit. You know, 1 Peter 4 verse 11 says this, If anyone serves, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God supplies so that in all things God may be praised to Jesus Christ. Why do we end up feeling burnt out? Why do we feel like we just can't do it? Why do we feel like we're just worn? And maybe this is all that we can do because we have been doing it in the strength that we supply, not living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Most of the time that's the reason. There are a few others. Doing the strength that God supplies, plugged in when we open up our Bibles, plugged in when we pray. Even, even for today and in each day, are we plugged in when we come in to worship? Well, but, but worship is something we do to God, Pastor. Worship is what I, I do. It, it's my effort. It's my strength. It's my thing to God. And to some extent, yes. But Jesus also said in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
which means even our worship is not something we can do and shouldn't be doing in our own strength. Even our worship should be led by the Holy Spirit and His power in us to Him. And and you take beyond this is just reaching out and sharing the good news. I mean, the disciples were just regular Joes and yet they turned the world right side up. How? Because of some education, because of some great speaking ability, because no, because of the power of the Holy Spirit of God on them. That Jesus told them to wait for, as you know in Acts chapter 1, 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Are we plugged in to the fullness of the Spirit's power? But the second question, the second question is, are we plugged in to the fullness of of the Spirit's presence. You see, we're to walk in the Spirit, verse 25 says, but it also says to keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step, every step. So many times we only call upon the Spirit's presence and power and look for Him when our situation demands it. We, we treat the Holy Spirit, we, God in general, like a pinch hitter that we call in during the really hard things. The rest of the stuff we got, but we really need this pinch hitter. He's going to really help us to hit this home run or at least get a run in. And afterwards, he gets to sit back down on the bench. Doesn't even get to go out in the field. Whereas God should have a permanent position right along with us. You know when that temptation to walk in the flesh is perhaps the greatest? Here's something that we don't really think about. When the temptation to walk in the flesh is the greatest is when things are going fine. When you're not being overwhelmed with temptation to go and do wrong. When you're doing good with God and life. And some things may come up that are not that difficult and even if some things just might require a little bit of effort. But you know what? You got it. It's not, I'm not going to get overly concerned about it. I'm going to get worried. I got this. It's good. I can handle this. Do we understand, while that thinking might sound good to an American, it doesn't sound good to the Holy Spirit who is supposed to be living within us. That thinking is self-effort. I got this, I can do it. When I need your help, when there's more than I can handle, then we need to be walking in the Spirit every step. To keep in step means every step, everything that we do. Not in our humanness. And we have an awareness of our submission to the Spirit's presence. We need to understand that walking in the flesh is not just walking. And and here's the thing I think maybe sometimes we get, that walking in the flesh is not just walking in things that are bad or wrong or away from God. Walking in the flesh is not just about doing things that are bad or wrong. Walking in the flesh is walking in our own strength, our own wisdom, our own experience. It's not just, it's not merely about walking in what is good. To walk in the Spirit is not just about walking in what is good. It's walking in what is God. His presence. There's a difference between our natural man and how we do things and the supernatural spirit. And are we surrendering? Are we surrendering our self-confidence, our self-reliance, our self-help, our self-righteousness, our self-effort completely? 
Not just when things get hard, but when things are easy. Are we surrendering? Are we walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowering us in everything we say, everything we do, everything we think, every moment, every breath, everything, in every way, even if it's something that we can do on our own? Now we, we have a problem with, we know we have a problem with patience and, and, and have a problem with uh, self-control. But it's, it's been okay. It's been, it's been good until we're really tempted. Imagine if we were walking with the Spirit the whole time. The Spirit whose fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. That's his fruit. So he has. And when we have problems in these areas, you've got to wonder, that the, God's just thinking, what are they doing? Not, not just what are they doing because that's not right in the way you were impatient or not right in the way you were uh, unloving, but I gave them what they needed. I gave them the power to be able to do this. I gave them a supernatural patience. It's the Spirit. But instead, we try to do it in ourselves and try to make ourselves a little more. It's all self-effort. Are we walking in the Spirit's presence every step? Uh, let me ask it this. Think about it this way. Trying to think of where to go here. Let, what music, let's do it this way. What music are you listening to? Do you listen to when you're listening to it? What music? What kind of shows are you watching to or movies are you going to? You know, when I start asking questions about that, there are many that start thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. We are free in Christ to do whatever we want as long as it's not sin. As long as there's nothing wrong with it, as far as the Bible says, I am free to listen to whatever I want. And yet, if you are a Christian, really, a disciple of Christ, we are not free to do anything we want. While we are no longer slaves to sin, we are slaves to righteousness, the Bible says. We have a master. We are not our own. And so we're not just free. And I said, but, well, yeah, yeah, but... What do you mean you're not free to listen to whatever you want? To me, that just sounds like an external holiness that you're imposing on us full of rules of legalism just because you don't like a particular kind of music or musician. Now, that's not what I was thinking because if that was, I, if that was what I was thinking, I would ban all country music. But, <laughs> but no, that's, that's, not what, that's not even close. If you're thinking what I'm talking about, what kind of music are you listening to? What are you listening to? What, what, who are you listening to? It's not about trying to get at that. In fact, I'm not even talking about listening to music that you would find, that somebody would find questionable. I'm actually even talking about what kind of list, music are you listening to that is good that nobody in this room would question which would be kind of hard to find, but nobody in this room would question, and you're listening to that. What I'm saying, it could be wrong to claim that we are listening to whatever we want, but not listening to what the Holy Spirit wants. 
It's not just about trying not to do wrong or even just trying to do what's right. Are we keeping in step with the Spirit in what we're listening to? This is not a right or wrong question. It's not a right or wrong, as I'm trying to get through to you. This is, are you being led by the Holy Spirit in this moment, every step in this step of what you're listening to, of what you're reading, of what you're doing, not whether it's wrong. I'm talking about good stuff. Nothing wrong with it. But are you so being led by the Spirit that each moment, each breath is with the Holy Spirit? Because you know what? It's a whole lot easier when we start running into areas of problems and difficulties because we've been walking with Him the whole time. But it's not just that. When we are walking every single step, every breath, what we're doing, what we're thinking, to ask ourselves to really be flowing with the Holy Spirit, then He will take us not just to being a good Christian and not having trouble with sin. He will take us to a supernatural, vibrant, vital kind of level of abundant life that we have not experienced yet because we have just used the Holy Spirit in our troubled times instead of traveling with Him every breath Every step. You know, when we talk to someone, are we doing that? Being aware that we are with the full presence of the Holy Spirit is with us. As we're talking with someone. We say, well, yeah, I'm aware because I like to tell them off, but I don't. Okay, there's that part of right and wrong, but I'm talking about something beyond that. As we're talking, are we allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through us? Or does that only happen when we come to church? And only in certain times and parts of church? Right? Every moment, every step. As we're talking with someone, it should be the Holy Spirit working in and through us and speaking to us. Are these the words that God wants me to speak to you? And it may be about who's going to win the Super Bowl. Or it may not be. I'm not making a judgment on what we're talking about. It's not about right wrong. It's are we in the Spirit and His power in every single step, every single thing. Because that's what it's saying. Walk in the Spirit and keep in step. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do more than just pointing in a direction that we should go. He wants to move where we have not been before to something so much greater. But all too often our flesh and our humanness is making those decisions and we are not submitting every breath to the Holy Spirit. What I'm saying is that we're calling us to something that is greater than anything we've talked about all year long. And yet, while it is greater than anything we've talked about all year long, it is easier than anything we've talked about all year long because it's not about us. It is about plugging in the power of the Holy Spirit and His work in us, surrendering to Him. Ask the worship team to come. Truly come. And for all of us, as we... As they lead us in this song, we'll be coming for communion. If you 
just want to respond to God in some way in all of this thing, to, to, to come and, and surrender completely to Him and just asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, to surrender, to live your life in His presence and His power. I encourage you to do that, whether it's to the front pews or to the, uh, to the altar up here. And we'll serve you communion right where you're at. Don't worry about that. That we would allow the Holy Spirit to have His, to truly break out this morning in us and that we would walk out different. Not because of something we've done or decided even necessarily, but because we're plugged in in every area of our life, plugged in. Father, move now. Jesus, reign supremely over all this. Holy Spirit, come. Sanctify. Help us to live the life, each step, each breath, with you and your presence and power.